Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the WWB Podcast. We have on a gentleman who, again, I mean, this dude is so talented. He, he does pro wrestling bits, he does Forbes, he does Bleacher Report. A gentleman that I truly respect and by far one of the most interesting pro wrestling commentators in the sport, Alfred Kinoa. Good to be here. What's up, sir? Always a pleasure. Love the Wrestling Wild Black podcast, and it's great to be back with you again, man. Man, I mean, like I said, I, I, the, the the price is the next today's price is not yesterday or something like that. Whatever, uh, Skinny yeah, Joe yesterday's said. Yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There we go, man. You have just been really killing it with um, your content, bro. It's it, I've seen it grown so much, and then you just do a big interview recently. Um, did I, I, I did interview, no, uh, um, there was a Forbes interview with, uh, Britt Baker, but that was not me, but I did interview John Cena pretty recently. That was pretty fun. And he really put up with Max Caster. That was, a uh, you know, I was very, very impressed with the fact that John Cena was willing to be so open and putting over a guy from AEW when you know he's such a WWE guy. So yeah, check that out. My interview with John Cena on Forbes. Do you, who do, who do you honestly think would win in a rap battle, John Cena or him? It's a good question. I think John Cena is a very humble man and he's very magnanimous. And I think it'd be much closer than John Cena publicly seems to feel. I just think if it's in front of a wrestling audience, John Cena is one of the greatest of all time. And a lot of that is because of what's in between his head, not necessarily the athleticism. Yeah, the body was great and whatnot, but John Cena is one of the greatest workers ever we've ever seen. He's on a very short list of that. And in there with Max Catcher at this point, where Max Casher is still up and coming. Uh, John Cena's command of an audience, his star power, I think John Cena would win. Uh, I think it'd be close. But it, then again, it depends on what audience you do it in front of. If Max Casher was in front of that AEW audience, I mean, he'd have a huge advantage. <laughs> and I think he'd be a huge favorite to really destroy John Cena. But all, if everything was equal, it would be a very interesting conversation to have. I, I agree 100%. I think uh, now, I think Max Caster in a straight up, battle battle he would be john cena now could he produce a whole album is the question because right. john cena i'm gonna look up his stats for his album his scene his album was like he was he uh let's see i'm looking up his album sales by the way because this dude he went gold he went gold i think he went gold i'm looking it up right now let's see you can't see me this came out in 2005 uh in the, in the height of the hip-hop uh, cadillac escalade era um let's see uh. Rap reviews gave it some good. Oh, <laughs> okay. Let's see. It said it debuted. It debuted. My Baltimore accent is so terrible. It de- debuted, <laughs> debuted at number fifteen on the Billboard 200 charts, with over a hundred and forty-three thousand copies sold in the first week of release. Okay. In the United Kingdom, the album peaked at number one hundred three, and has since become certified platinum. Platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America (RIAA). This is the official um, measuring stick for when it comes to music. And additionally, it sold as of October eighth, two thousand ten, one point three so one million three hundred and forty six thousand units. So by far, John Cena is a legitimate. He sold more than most of your your favorite rappers at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, name one wrestler who's gone platinum. Yeah, you know what I mean, especially in the hip hop space. You know, and as I mean, a white kid from suburban Boston, uh, suburban Massachusetts, 
Yeah, that is wild. <laughs> Tells but, you how you know. wild hip-hop was at the time. So, yeah, we're going to hop right on into AEW, AEW's Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. We're going to do a prediction show. Typically, I try to do as many people as possible, but I wanted to make this a little bit more intimate because Alfred is always entertaining, and I think me and him by ourselves, we can do more than enough damage, um, and we will. So let's get this popped up here. I am doing my little elder millennial stuff here. Give me one second. And uh, let's do this. Cool. So great. I am going to try to use my pen here. Fantastico. All right, here we go. So it's a packed card. What do you, before we get started with the card, overall, what are your expectations uh, for this? Do you think this will be, uh, what would you predict in terms of overall feeling leaving this AEW double nothing on the three-year anniversary of AEW? Um, what do you think? I think it's going to be very successful in terms of buy rate. I think there's a lot of intrigue in CM Punk going for that world title. And they've done a good enough job making you think that either man can win, that I think that's really going to help the intrigue in this card. Um, I don't know in terms of this card itself if it's going to be good. I don't think it's going to be on the level, and it's a high level, but I think it's going to be below par as a whole compared to some of the double or nothings of the past and even compared to the last pay-per-view. I mean, you've got 13 matches on this card, so either they're going to rush through a bunch of them with really quick finishes, which, you know, I'm not sure how you can enhance a card doing that, or it's going to be very long matches that kill the crowd and hopefully not lose the crowd, but that is always a risk with a card this long. So they're going to have to get very creative in terms of the execution of this because there's a lot of talent, and this is just kind of the AEW's problem in a nutshell. Them fitting too much talent into one very tiny space is going to might be to the detriment of this card. I agree with you in a lot of ways. You know, AEW likes to reemphasize itself as the wrestling company. And, you know, when you have like 13, if you have 13 matches that are go 15 minutes long, you're going to kill people. Um, yeah. Matter of fact, I'm going to do the math of how long that would be. Uh, 15. So let's do so uh, seven. Okay. So hold up. Let me do some math here. So 15 minutes. Of, I'm not saying a 15 minutes of match was going to happen, but let's just say hypothetically they went. Let's just do 10 minutes of match. So if they do 10 minutes of matches, 13 matches. That is, uh, what, what would that be? I'm not good at math. Let me do this. 10 minutes. It'd be 130 minutes, right? So 10 times yeah. 30 is 130. So that's two hours and 10, two hours and 10 minutes, which is not bad. Right, it's not bad, but there's going to be like so that has entrances calculated in there, and yeah, like that's true. Backstage. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot more. They're going to have to take breathers. There might be some promos. Yes, yeah, so you got about yeah, maybe two hours. If everybody goes 15 minutes, I mean that that two hours is probably going to be extrapolated to. If they can keep it around three and a half hours, there's nothing wrong with that. Three and a half, maybe even push it to four. Yeah. Uh, I think if they keep it that window, there's really not too much uh, wrong with that. I just think all they need to do is treat this like an MMA show, really, because UFC shows, you go to a UFC show, they pack those shows with undercards, but then, you know, some of those fights last like 10 seconds or like 30 seconds, people immediately get knocked out. So it really helps speed it along. So if they can just sprinkle some of those in throughout the show where you just got instant knockouts. I think Jade Cargo could just beat the brakes off Anna Jade. We don't need to protect Anna Jade right now. Yeah. Have her beat Anna Jade in 30 seconds. Have a couple of these matches go very quickly and kind of shock the audience and give them a jolt of energy rather than everybody has to get the same amount of time. I agree. I think if, if uh, Jade doesn't beat Anna Jade in less than seven minutes, then what are we doing here? What are we doing? About seven, I would say seven minutes maximum. So, yeah. So, okay. Fantastic. So, here we go. We're going to get our list up here. And I'm going to start circling the way. So, we're going to start on this jam-packed AE double 
AEW Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. The buy-in match. We got Hook and we got Hookhausen versus Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. Who do you choose, Mr. Alfred, and why? This has got to be Hookhausen, and this is another candidate for a very quick match. Hook is a killer. Tony Nese, nobody cares about him. God love him. He's got a great body. I love Mark Sterling, uh, but he's not a wrestler, so Hook can just kill Mark Sterling within a minute, and this is over. People will love it. You get one spot with Dan Housen. Like, the majority of why these guys are over has nothing to do with pro wrestling. So this match should be very quick. If this match goes over three minutes, that would be, I think, kind of egregious. I agree. I agree. I think, yeah, I, I definitely got Hook and Dan Housen. I mean, obviously, you got two wrestlers. And I think Hook is going to do some... some. Cr- I think it, it, if Tony needs and Hook gets, at least gets one crazy spot in, that would be great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm also going to go... Because they got a lot of the championship matches here. I'm going to go from the bottom up. So we started with the buy-in, Hook Housen, and Dan Housen. So let's go from the bottom up here. So we have Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, Te- and Tay Conti versus TNT champion Scorpio Sky. All ego Ethan Page and Page Van Zant, um, kind of like a mixed three. I've never seen a mixed three way. That's pretty interesting yeah. um, for the TNT Championship. So, um, who you got? I mercifully have American Top Team mm-hmm. Scorpio, Ethan, and Dan Lambert, and a lot of that's because I just want this thing to be over. It is very fitting that this feud <laughs> has culminated in the cluster that is. And this is how the match is classified. It is an intergender six-person tag team match. And if one team wins, then the other team could never challenge for this title again. That is a microcosm for how disorganized and overwrought this storyline has been. Is that it culminated in, let's say it together. No, say it with me. It's catchy. Intergender six-person tag team match. And if Team Lambert wins, then the, the team Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti never get to challenge for the TNT title again. That's the match. That's how you say the match. Wow. Overthought, overwrought. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti are miscast as heels. I don't know why they went back to being a heel. They flipped the title back and forth. They flipped Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti as baby faces and heels back and forth. Who cares anymore? They've screwed this up. They had a good thing. You know I love Scorpio Sky as TNT champion. I'm ready mm-hmm. to see him beat the brakes off these guys with these open challenges. But they've screwed that up. They've screwed up Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, who I think could be tremendous real-life heels uh, with real-life heat and really get hot like Edge and Lita. But they've overthought it, and nobody's hot. Nobody's over. So these six people need to go their separate ways because I think Scorpio can get over. I think Ty Conti and Guevara can get over, but not with each other. I agree. I agree. I agree with you 100% on everything, almost everything you said. Um, th- I mean, there's no way in hell that Scorpio is going to lose. How you give him a create him a custom made title with his color and have him lose? That doesn't even make sense. Um, yeah. And we've seen overall, besides the flippity, 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 flap, flapjacks they've been doing with the title over the last two right. months, that uh, typically they try to, you know, they keep the title for at least a month or two with the TNT. So, yeah, um, I, I hate the fact that like, I agree with you 100%. I got Scorpio Sky winning this. I don't like the fact that uh, they tried to make state. Actually, Scorpio was getting over with the crowd as a baby, as somewhat sort, as somewhat uh, something like a baby face, and then they just flip him back and, or into this confusion: is he a baby face? Is he not? Um, and then you got Kazarian. Like it's so confusing. So I agree with you 100. Hopefully, this is dead. This is done, and Scorpio can get over over himself. He just got to work in the ring, continue to get those short. Uh, effective promos fired up promos within like a minute or two don't talk too much over talk and uh, just get to the point beat the hell out of people in the ring and use his athleticism to tell the story so i definitely got uh, scorpio sky as well i'm gonna mark that down 
So then we got Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly. Interesting. This, this is one of the finals, right, for the uh, Owen Hart Classic. Am I correct? No, no. They were just having this match Straight because match. I think at the last minute they realized that they forgot to put Darby on the card. And so now he's going one-on-one with Kyle O'Reilly. I guess the story is about Sting and Kyle O'Reilly injuring Sting. But whatever. Okay, this could be a good showcase match for Darby. I'm sure they'll have a good match. And uh, I definitely think Darby should go over. They really are kind of in a holding pattern with him, but I think Darby should go over. I agree with you 100%. Um, oh yeah, it's so confusing with the finals and stuff. They sometimes, again, they'd be just stacking a card and throwing random stuff together. You can see it, as a person who's been watching AEW literally since day one and recorded every episode since day one, I'm still confused. So <laughs> I, I like the fact that they use Kyle O'Reilly as a utilitarian. He's always available. He's, I mean, he produces great matches. He doesn't have, you know, personality um, more than a, a Sprite soda, but... Um, you know, Darby should go over, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle O'Reilly, who they've been building, gets some sort of cheap win or some sort of skullduggery there. But I, I also will agree with you. I am marking Darby as a winner in this. And then we got uh, Death Triangle, Pac, Penta, Asquero, Ray Phoenix versus the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews on a, a, a rivalry that's been building over the last month or two here. Maybe about a month and a half, to be honest. Um... We have it's so weird. Like Pac is in this group of trios. Is this where Pac's to me my question would be, is this is Pac's ceiling? Or initially when Pac was starting, I thought he was could have a lot of singles opportunities. And if not be TNT, if not be towards the top of the card. It's so interesting to see what Pac has landed in the in his in his over since he's been with AEW over a year and a half with them. Um but if you if I want to get your opinion on that, but in this match specifically, I'm gonna say House of Black, but there's going to be some tomfoolery there. What do you think? Yes, I think House of Black goes over. And this is another six-person tag team match where I think both parties need to go their separate ways after this. They've had some great wrestling matches, but very little substance behind them in terms of storytelling and why they're feuding with one another. I'm a great big fan of Malachi Black. I think he's a superstar. When he came in and worked with Cody the first couple of months, I was thinking they really need to move him near or at the front of the line to be a world title contender, if not champion of this company. I think this stable should help him become a main roster top star, rather, or somebody who's at the top of AEW. But I feel like they're kind of mired in the middle there, and they're not really focusing on him at the moment. And this is another problem with the talent that they have. But I think Malachi Black and House of Black should win, and hopefully they'll have something, especially if they bring in these trio titles. Like, I have no problem with all these six-man tags fighting each other if we get some stakes involved, and the trio title could be the cure to that. And I know Tony has those belts made, and uh, the House of Black, I think, would be a strong candidate to win those titles, if not uh, some combination of the Ass Boys and the Acclaim, because I very much enjoy those gentlemen, too. Uh, yeah, those, that, that is an interesting group, but also exciting as well, and just intriguing <laughs> addition to AEW. You're right. Uh, I wonder, you know, they love tournaments, so are they going to do a trios tournament is the question, too. So um, I would say, I mean, if they want to unveil the titles, I, th- I honestly believe that they should have did it at double or nothing. They should have done something where, you know, this it's an inaugural thing and whoever wins this, but there's a way they have to do it. So I'm, I'm curious about how they're going to get to the trio's titles and how that actually will look. But again, I guess we both got House of Black here, so I'm going to circle them. Now we got the match of the century when it comes to tag team history. The watered down, um, you know, the, the, um, the imposter, uh, the Hardly Boys, in the words of um, Jim Cornette, versus Matt and Jeff Hardy, <laughs> the Hardys. 
a, a rivalry that really needed to have a month or so. I just say maybe even a proper buildup, more promos, uh, packages, uh, you know, more video packages, even short ones. It seems to be a little rushed, but I'm still excited because these two guys can go. And the fact that Jeff Hardy is still alive after wrestling the style that AEW does with no holds barred and uh, breakneck speed that he's been wrestling. He's literally risked his life at least three or four times on non-paid television. Um, so I got the Hardys going over the Young Bucks. Um <laughs> That's the, to me, that makes the only sense. And then the Young Bucks will, uh, and they'll continue this rivalry. I think there might be something more to it. But I think, I wish they would have built this up a little bit more. But I'm going the Hardys. What about yourself? Yes, I think the, I think it could go either way. It's so interesting. I do think the Young Bucks are going to win this match. I think that they're angling toward potentially Young Bucks and FTR, maybe in a big match. But I do think the Young Bucks potentially will win this match. I just, I really enjoyed their parody of the Hardys at mm. Rampage because it was so funny. Yeah, yeah, I really think they should do it again and run that back for the pay-per-view. It was just funny to watch their whole presentation, especially Brandon Cutler dressed as Lita with the song. It was great. <laughs> it was terrible, yeah. I've never I've never wanted to vomit from seeing a song ever in my life until I saw that. Um, yeah, I got the Young Bucks, though. <laughs> you got Young Bucks. Okay, all right, Mr. Uh, going Against the Grain. I love it. We got the Women's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Finals. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. The last time we saw Ruby Soho, she was being booed after beating Chris Statlander, which is an interesting turn of events. To be honest with you, so far, if I'm going to rate Ruby Soho's overall performance... Uh, overall, uh, since she's come to AEW, it's been very hit and miss. I love her as a person. I think she's she has some talent there. I just think it's been some situations where it's been pretty smooth and some situations where definitely some needs to be improvement. And I don't know if she's just getting used to newer people in the roster, so she's kind of learning on the fly. Or um, maybe there's some psychological things there in terms of the, just the match chemistry um, with certain people. Uh, but it's, in some situations, it's glaring. In some situations, it's a little better. And for her getting booed on, on Rampage, really really had me stepping it back. I was like, whoa. Um, and they're trying to build her as this lovable, um, you know, you know, white meat baby face, this under misunderstood cast off from WWE. But I think there might be more money to making her a heel somewhere down the line. Don't flip Brit. Definitely don't flip Brit. Brit is just naturally a heel. But maybe there's some more story to be told with Ruby, possibly, because the, the audience, in my opinion, will continue to hate. And we've seen the vocal audience of AEW. I think they're going to continue to boo and continue to be upset with Ruby being this white meat baby face. And um, I don't think it'll get over. So hopefully Tony will understand this over the next couple of dynamites and rampages. And she gradually maybe goes a little heel. But in this, in this match specifically, I got Britt Baker going over Ruby Soho. Who do you got? And, and, and give me your opinions about Ruby Soho's run as well. I have Ruby Soho going over Britt Baker. Britt mm -hmm. Baker does not need this. Mm -hmm. She is in a position where beating Britt Baker means something. And they've been telling this story between Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter that Jamie came and interfered, even though Britt said, don't do that. And they just barely got out of that. Could have been a disaster, but Britt Baker held on and won. This time around, I think Jamie Hayter comes down to try to help Britt again and screws it up, and Britt Baker loses to Ruby Soho, who needs this more. Ruby can then go after Jade. She can go after Thunder Rosa and revive this women's division. My opinion on Ruby Soho is she better learn how to play a heel because in this business, in this industry, and especially in this company, that is the only thing these men who book this industry know how to do with women. They don't know how to create... Ruby Soho is not a white meat baby face. She's just a baby face. Like, yeah. She's a punk rock baby face. She has a story about the runaway. The problem is 
this pro wrestling industry does not know how to tap into the zeitgeist of women, to the mindset of a woman. They have too many men writing the show. They don't even have really anybody writing the show. They leave everybody to their own devices. So there isn't a concerted effort to know how to construct a female character outside of these mean girls that they know how to create. Because that's the only thing that man, especially a male toxic audience like the AEW and pro wrestling audience, they're going to gravitate toward a woman who's hot who's mean to them. This was her high school experience. But the pro wrestling industry does not want to challenge itself. And let's take this Ruby Soho and really tell a story and make her this really gritty character three-dimensionally. They don't know how to do that. And case in point, a feud we're going to go to later on is Thunder Rosa versus Serena D. That feud has been a disaster. Thunder Rosa's title lane has been a disaster because now you have to tell a story of a babyface who's a woman. They don't know how to do that unless she has to play a mean girl. So that's why these people turn on Ruby Soho because the only thing they really know how to gravitate to whether it's booing or whether it's eventually growing to like somebody like that, is a mean girl character. And uh, the Soho was just kind of thrown out there to dry. I, I, love, your, I love your insight on that. I agree. I, I want to love her. But, um, you know, as much as AEW loves uh, bleeding, I think if anyone was going to bleed truly and do a blade job, I think Ruby, if that, as that gritty, you know, like you said, that gritty runaway and who, who comes from, you know, she can fit that. I think if anybody's going to blade, I think Ruby could, it could be a story to be told. She's bleeding her way to the top. She's crawling and, yeah. and scratching and she's, and she's feisty and almost like a John Moxley-esque type of vibe. Um, and uh, yeah. And then before we get to the next match here, um, how many people do you, how many Crimson Masks do you give? Because you know, AW, we got to have at least a couple. Over or under three crimson masks? Mm, like three people bleeding on the show? Yeah, yeah. Definitely going over because you've got that <laughs> mask alone. That, what is it, mayhem in the palace or whatever they're doing uh, with Jericho versus Moxley and the you know BCC, uh, that alone might have over three. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So you, got, so, so you got Ruby Soho beating Brit? I got Ruby Soho beating Brit. I think I, she needs it more. And I think it's going to lead to Britt versus Jamie, and then you can get Britt a big, possibly a pay per view win over Jamie Hayter and all as well. I think if Britt gets to this, I got Britt, but if I got Britt winning, I think she can be even more insufferable and maybe probably bring the crowd back to Ruby Soho's side a little bit. But I can see your, 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 what you're saying and, and why you're saying that as well. So we're going to hop over to the men's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Finals. Adam Cole, baby, and Samoa choke you out, Joe. This to me is a toss up. I'm going to let you pick this one first, and then I'm going to. Kind of mull this over. I got Samoa Joe. I hope Samoa wins. I agree that it's kind of a toss up. It's funny because Adam Cole is in the same situation I think Britt Baker is in. So he doesn't necessarily need this. He's established over there. There could be a universe where both Cole and Britt Baker win their own heart attorneys, and maybe they can get more heat doing that. But Samoa Joe, not that he necessarily needs it, not that he's really in a position to be a top star in AEW. I just think it would be really cool to see him win this tournament, and then maybe he can challenge for one of the top titles. I'd have no problem with Samoa Joe versus Scorpio Sky. Ooh, I have yeah. no problem with Samoa Joe in a TV match against CM Punk if CM Punk goes over in the main event, or even Hangman Adam Page. Like Any of those matches could be very exciting. So Samoa Joe kind of being vaulted into the mix of having a time title match, I think would be a lot of fun. So, you know, we've seen all of Adam Cole's stories and him challenging. He's already challenged CM Punk. I know he hasn't wrestled CM Punk, but he's already wrestled the Hangman Adam Page. And I just, I'm fine with Adam Cole taking a back seat for now and maybe Samoa Joe getting some of these shots. So you got Samoa going over? I got Samoa going over. Me too. I think this will definitely be a blood match. I think we got blood in this one. Okay. This wow. is, is going to be blood. There will be blood. All right. So we got 
<laughs> Anarchy in the arena. They just keep doing arena matches. Wow. I think after this, they need to stop doing arena matches. All right. Um, Jericho Appreciation Society versus John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Santana Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston. Who you got winning? Uh, I'm going to go on my side. I got Jericho taking the loss. I think J- the J- J- A- S- JAS can take the L. I think as you're building up John Moxley, Brian Dancy, B double C, and you got Ortiz and Eddie Kingston, I think it does more for them to get this over the JAS. So that's who I got. I got John Moxley and uh, Danielson going over here. Who you got? Me too. I've got the BCC going over, and I think they actually beat one of the more undercard guys like Daddy Magic or mm-hmm. Angelo Parker. I think one of those guys takes the pinfall, and they just kind of keep this feud going mm-hmm. and we're going to get more TV matches maybe where they're going to split off into one-on-one feuds I wouldn't mind seeing Jericho versus Brian Danielson on TV that's going to do a good number that's, so that's if they do that on match. Dynamite or even try to revive Rampage with a match like that I think it could be very intriguing so I think BCC is winning I agree as well I agree as well alright um, we got MJF versus so we know the 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 building rivalry one of the longest stories to be told in aew history this is called long-term booking which they actually have done good at for once um no, i'm just joking in general uh, it's really good to see them with something in a while i mean i, I think they need kenny omega back at, in as soon as possible but um i'm gonna have wardlow go over mjf absolutely that's the only finish i see this is two years in the making. This has been a phenomenal story. I have very high expectations for the video package. I don't know if they've aired the road to yet. I'm sure they have, but hopefully that video package is lit because they got two years worth of material to tell the story and all the little facial expressions we saw and all the teases I think need to be included in Wardlow's growing strike with MJF that's now come to a powder keg. So mm. I think... This is going to be a. This could be a short match. It could be just the destruction of MJF finally getting his comeuppance. This could be another blood match. Yeah, I, I expect Wardlow yeah. to set a power bomb record, as he said in some interviews. Mm-hmm. And I think Wardlow goes over strong. And now we're in a position where Wardlow's one of those guys. And this is a good problem AEW has. They have multiple people at any given moment who you can legitimately argue need to be in a world title match. The winner of the Owen Hart Invitational, so whether it's Mojo or Cole, you can argue you should be in a world title match. Uh, you've got, um, whether it's uh, the winner of this match, um, so there's multiple people who could be world title contenders, and that's what I, it's a good problem that AEW has. I agree with you 100%. Um, I, 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 it's definitely going to be blood. Wardlow's going to beat the absolute dog crap out of MJF, and I honestly think MJF should either be gone one week, or if he comes back, he should be in an arm cast, a neck brace, and oversell it. I think he needs to get, yeah, we got to... The type of beating that he's going to get over maybe seven to ten minutes is going to be crazy. So I got Wardlow for the W. The TBS Championship, Jade Cargill versus Anna J. Is this even a contest? I got Jade Cargill beating the absolute J out of Anna. Um, when it's done, it'll be just Anna, and it'll be Anna A. It won't be a J there. She'll beat the J out of her. And um, that, yeah. that's that's what I got. Who you got? Definitely Jade Cargill. No other way I could see this thing going. And it should be short. You know, Jade Cargill, her mystique will be improved and she'll continue to build that mystique if she's just beating the brakes off of women quickly and it stands out on a card like this. And you should see Jade Cargill, just this strong, impressive-looking woman, 
power through somebody like Hannah J, I think it would be great for her. Yeah, I think power slam and maybe some cool, uh, a really cool spot and, and get out of there, you know? Yeah. Then we have the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus versus Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, and Swerve Strickland. Wow, I've never, a three-way tag team match, you don't see that too often. Um, I wonder how the rules are going to go with this. Uh, all three of them are going to be in the ring at the same time. It will be a, I think it'll be a crack, it'll be a, a, a straight up just collision. Uh, I am going to go Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, for the W, who you get? Now, what I love about this match is no matter who wins, somebody black is going to be tag <laughs> team champions. Black history. We are getting our first all black tag team champions in this match because we're telling the story with Jungle Boy on a losing streak and building tension with Christian. And I think it comes to a head here where Christian crossed the Jurassic Express. The tag team titles uh, doing a nod to the culture. So congratulations, Christian. You can you know be part of the culture for a day. <laughs> and I think that uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Scott are going to be the winners of this match. I think they've been heating these two up. Uh, it's just what they need. And hopefully they take them seriously. And this is something that they can defend and really build up uh, as tag team champions because they're very unique. And, uh, you know, got a big guy, got a smaller guy. There's nothing really in AEW like Keith Lee and Swerve Scott as a tag team. So I think that could be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to somebody black leaving with these tag team titles. I think it's going to be Lee and Swerve Scott. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so you got Swerve Strickland. Okay, cool. So I like it. So yeah, um, yeah, I just think, you know, the titles, the tag titles have become a non-factor at this point on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I don't even know if it was necessary for Jungle Boy to have the tag title, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I definitely see Christian turning on him. That's a great story to be told on another pay-per-view and maybe they can um, build. And Christian is a great guy. He's a great addition. And, and this can really bring Christian to the light a little bit more because I think he has many more years left in him. And I think he's extremely valuable in this story. And I think he can really sell the story from a promo point of view and he still can go in the match. And I think him and Jungle Boy can put on a clinic in the future but yeah I, I definitely see where you're going with the key fleeing swerve but i'm gonna definitely go starks and power all right we're gonna hop over to the aew women's world championship um i'm gonna go rosa um i don't think they're gonna drop the title that quickly off of rosa like you said the build has been very precarious even like some of the glitches with cutting off her promos um some of the promos have been just not necessarily getting over but i love them both as performers i love them both as people and i think they're gonna be put on a show i think they're gonna really put on a clinic and show us what wrestling is um maybe blood in this maybe 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 but uh i think it's gonna be a slobber knocker in the words of jim ross so i'm gonna go rosa over serena d but they're gonna to beat the absolute tar out of each other. Yes, absolutely. And I definitely mercifully have Thunder Rosa in this match and they're going to just need to do some soul searching and go back to basics and try to figure out how to take this really what I think could be a superstar in Thunder Rosa and showcase her as a champion that people want to see. Because booking somebody to chase the title and booking a champion are two completely different things. I think we're seeing this with Hangman Adam Page, where I think early on in that title run, he had his problems and he was not portrayed as the biggest star on that show. Even though leading up to it, I felt like there were many moments where he was. But once he won the title early on, I just didn't get that from him. But I think he's really come into his own these past couple of months these past couple of feuds, especially this feud with CM Punk. I think he's never felt like more of a champion. And I think he needs to win this match, but, you know, looking into the future. And I think the same exact thing with this feud in Thunder Roses. She's really enduring some rough waters. She's going to be up against it because of how I think poorly AEW is at booking this women's division. 
But I think she should win this match, and then they should really figure out how do we really get Thunder Rosa over as a champion. They need to have her on Telemundo, Telefutura. They need to have her on everything. She needs to be a cross. She's a crossover star, and uh, especially as a Latinx woman and, and a person that you just love as a human being. I think she she can do a lot for the for the for the for the title, and she can do a lot for her community, and she can just do a lot for a lot of different. And she's a, she can and she's a world class worker. So she definitely deserves better booking and and, and and more of an opportunity. I don't think she'll be dropping it. See that soon. So here we get to the main event. We got the AEW World Championship match. We got Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk. A lot of people would say this is way too late for CM Punk to have an opportunity to title shot. They should have kind of shot him to the moon, but I think they've been smart about it. I think they could have been maybe a little quicker to the gun, but at this point, the pace to me overall is fine. I have... I think you got to go with CM Punk. You pay him all this money. You brought him over. You want to tell a story. You've, 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 you've plotted along enough. And uh, does Hangman Page go heel here is the question. But I'm going to go CM Punk with the W. And I think blood as well. That's very interesting that you bring up whether Hangman Adam Page would go heel. Because, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with that, especially if he goes over. Mm-hmm. I think Hangman Adam Page wins this match. Mm. And I really just think that long term, CM Punk is going to win in Chicago. He could potentially turn heel match scenario. If mm. they're telling the story of CM Punk really isn't that good of a guy backstage or whatnot. Or another scenario could be Hangman Adam Page turns heel, beats CM Punk, and then CM Punk is now chasing him to be the big baby face. So I really wouldn't like that story. I, I would like them put over Hangman Adam Page to solidify him as the world champion. And then I think it'd be me more if CM Punk avenged that, especially in Chicago. Um, so I, I got Hangman Adam Page here. And I just feel like if CM Punk, the first time he won the AEW title, I think most people are going to expect it. And I think that's really going to help a buy rate in that you're going to get to see CM Punk finally win this title. It's going to be this big moment. I don't think they would do it in a feud where it's like, if you go either way, maybe he wins, maybe he doesn't. I feel like they would do a lot more telegraphing of like, if CM Punk doesn't win this match, he retires. or something like that to let you know he's going to win this title. I don't think it's just going to be at this double or nothing card. Mm, I can see your point. I, I struggle with this because honestly, uh, you could, you could, I could definitely see CM Punk losing. And then, you know, people like at this point, people are besides themselves like, yo, he's got to get this. And Hangman's talking his shit and doing his thing. And CM Punk, and they can do more promos. But if he loses here, then he's got to get it the next one. And, um, you know, I just think they're struggling with ratings. They're under, they, they, they've been hovering around a million. Not even, they haven't really hit a million that much. They haven't had a, have they had in the last uh, three months consecutive, Weeks over a hundred. I mean, over a million in the last three weeks. Three months. Three months I'm not sure. I, I, don't, don't I don't think so. Think I think they've gotten close, and they've and they've had some really lows and some pretty close ones. But they haven't. This is what at, at this point in this juncture. I know they're three years old. I know they're a newer company. You have to have a million. Period. This is your flagship show. WWE, even as bad as their booking and story writing can be, they're consistently on on, on Raw hitting over a million one, one five one seven. There's no way in damn hell that you're supposed to be, you got three years in, you got all these names, you invested in all this talent. It, I know they've had to deal with the playoffs, NHL, baseball, basketball, March Madness, all these different things. I get it. But there's no way in hell that you can have all of these 
people that you've brought over, all this money invested in talent, and you can't get just a measly one million consistently, that is an embarrassment in my opinion. I know it's doing better than expected. I know they have a million people to buy at the gate. I get it. I know pay-per-view, pay-per-view buys are great, but that is something worrisome when you have discovery, purchase, and, and, and um, um and Warner Brothers doing deals and, and you're looking at this product and you're like, what more can we do? In reality, we should be talking about this, that they're hitting 1.8 million, 2 million. This, if you're struggling to get a million, you get, to me, put the damn title on CM Punk. Let him carry it with his promos. Let the rivalry with him and Hangman Page continue. Make this a saga or maybe even have it come back with, you know, maybe even, um, you know, after he beats Hangman Page. Hey, guess who comes down the ramp? The big belt machine. You have Kenny Omega and he does his little finger gun at CM Punk. And here we flipping go. Um, I think you can have him go against uh, uh, um, go against him. And then you can also have him go against Brian Danielson at some point in time. Um, so, yeah, I get what you're saying. But what do you think about this? The struggling to get to a million. It is to me. It's un- I just can't justify it anymore at this point. Yeah. And. I know AEW is like it's a newer company and they are growing in the company. And I do think that 18 to 49 is important. And that's something that is a selling point for advertisers. And that's that compared to their competition, they tend to be in the top five and often top the night on Wednesday nights. And I think there's a lot of positive to take away from their audience. But, you know, that threshold is hit with 1 million, I think is going to be something to monitor moving forward to see how consistently can they stay over that 1 million. Like they're going to have competition throughout the year it's you know there's only going to be there's probably going to be more time during the year that they have competition whether it's from march madness whether it's from the playoffs of the nba playoffs of the nhl the playoffs from baseball like there's always going to be overlapping competition but how can they really build this audience and i think they just have to you know the, the feeling is that one million that's the the hardcore audience those are the, all those men who stand on the square circle and and even women there, there are women in terms of watching the television product but it's a low ceiling unless they grow their audience and some of these stars help draw in some of the women and casuals and even black people who they've been alienating mm-hmm. and the last time they did do a million in back-to-back weeks was january 19th and 26th so yeah in the past several months um i think that is a fair threshold to have and see how consistently they can get over a million and and even though the competition is a very valid excuse, um, that's going to be there. Like they're going to want to try to grow their audience relative to the competition because they've done like they had a show that did eight hundred thirty-three thousand competition. No competition. That's a bad number. That's a terrible number. It should have uh, uh, just even considering the competition, it could have been much higher than that um, based on what they were booking. I agree with you one hundred percent. So no doubt this. Is going to be a pivotal thing in their history. They're going to have to figure out the restructure. They're going to have to have some debuts. I think, to be honest, I think you add, um, I want to see um, the Swedish cyborg. I want to see him go. Um, and if, mm-hmm. you, and if uh, what is his real name? Clario, but but the WWE, what was his damn name? Cesaro. Yeah, Cesaro. Cesaro. I need to see Cesaro come down. You need body. You need guy. You just, they got the, it's either a booking, because it's weird because Tony won Booker of the Year last year, and that's a great way to tip his cap, right? But at the yeah. same time, you have all these great guys, and really, they have an argument of their top 10 or from a wrestling point of view, is probably one of the best top 10s in, in, in all of pro wrestling. Their top 10 guys in a, in a championship rank in the championship tier they really could do it right and and we got to figure out how we're going to get this because they have so much potential 
and I've and I'm a big AEW fan, and I just need us to I just need not us, but I need them to get to a point where you know. Uh, you, you got it, your top ten is it's got to be much CTV and and um so it's interesting to see. But overall, uh, what I think about the double or nothing, I think it'll be. I'm gonna give it before, prior to watching it. I'm expecting a B plus and hoping for more, but I'm expecting a B plus or B minus. What would you grade it before, prior to, in your opinion, based off the card and the storylines and all that other stuff? Oh, very interesting. I, yeah, I okay. I'll just base it on my excitement level. I'll say a solid B. I okay. think the main event is going to be excellent. Mm-hmm. I think there's some matches like the Wardlaw and JF match I'm very much looking forward to. There's going to be some great wrestling. Above all else, I'm looking forward to seeing the first all-black tag team champions being mm-hmm. crowned. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a memorable card. So I've got a B-level excitement. I just hope that they can navigate around. Like last pay-per-view, the problem was what's the match order? Because they had so many hot matches that it's like what follows what? And I think they did a great job navigating that. This time around, your problem is what's match time? How many matches do we cut? How many matches go short? How many matches go long? And mixing that up is going to be the key to a good pay-per-view. No doubt. Alfred, as usual, man, great feedback. I appreciate you coming on a, pretty much in two or a day's notice, really hopping on. And um, you always add value, dude. What, what, um, where can people follow and support you, brother? Uh, follow me at This Is Nasty on Twitter. I have a great time there. I'm on Wrestling Inc. podcast Tuesdays and Fridays, two times a week for NXT and AEW Rampage. Uh, Forbes, check out my two articles that I dropped yesterday, actually. One on Sasha Banks and Naomi not being paid during the suspension. One on CM Punk trolling WWE about not selling out Allegiant Stadium for money in the bank and having to move to a smaller venue. And then, of course, my heart, Pro Wrestling Bits on YouTube. Just went over 2,000 subscribers. Very happy about that. <sighs> hold on. Really hold growing. We got to clap. Uh, we got to clap. You said 2,000 subscribers already? 2,000 subscribers already. That was my goal. For this- hold on. We got to do it. We got to hold on. We got to clap it up, big dog. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. That was, that was your goal? Year. For the whole year, this year, my goal, my New Year's resolution, was, in fact, was add 1,000 more subscribers, and it's happened much faster. I'm, you know, just like anything else, like like you do with this podcast, and you see growth is that the more you just keep doing it and uh, keep putting your name out there and making sure you're just doing right by yourself, the more people will will gravitate toward it. The more YouTube will will know that other people are are watching it and kind of offer it up to bigger audiences. And you just gotta, it's just all about persistence. And I really. I've been very pleased with this growth uh, based on how I've been sticking with it. Wow, dude. I really respect that. Well, congratulations on 2000. Guys, support us, man. You you support, you know, all the other podcasts. We're not going to say their name. They look, you know, support us. We're trying to do, we're trying to do something for the culture. We're trying to put us out. Follow us on WWB Podcast, okay? We are on Instagram. Send us an email at wwbpodcastfan. Uh, actually, I'm going to give you the specific email address to go to to send in your your suggestions for episodes and things. We we're, we we want to listen to you. This is we're we're the people's champion. We're here to help you guys out. So so please send your emails to wwbpodcastfan at gmail.com. Again, wwbpodcastfan at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We want to support you, and we're looking forward to bringing a voice that hasn't been in the world wrestling world uh, for quite some time and really bringing some good quality people. And Alfred is a perfect example. He's literally the creme de la creme. Okay? So, peace. Enjoy. Double or nothing. All right, peace.